Welcome to episode number 22 of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and today I'm very excited to welcome Gingy Talaferro to the Raw Food Podcast show. She's an amazing mother of five, has been raw for 17 years, and is doing a lot of amazing work online at thegardendiet.com. Stay tuned, and I'll be back with Gingy shortly. Welcome to episode number 22 of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane, the Rotarian, and today I'm very excited because I'm talking with Gingy Talaferro, a former professional musician who's now a raw vegan educator and writer on health and happiness ebooks and online menu plans. Gingy and her husband Storm and five beautiful children have been eating raw for decades, and they're the creators of the Garden Diet, uh, as well as a, a number of other amazing raw food projects, both online and in the real world too. Um, Gingy homeschools five her five children and is the author of Raising Raw Vegan Children. She's been practicing raw vegan eating for 17 years and lives in California. So I'm super excited to welcome you to the show, Gingy. Oh, thank you, Laura Jane. appreciate you having me on the show. Well, this is really, really exciting for me because uh, as you know, I've been raw for probably about coming up to four years and I definitely very at the beginning of my journey really enjoyed watching your documentary about your family called Breakthrough um, and so I you know how it is when you get to watch someone and you're aware of, of who they are for a long time I f- feel like this is really exciting but for some people who may not have heard your story or, or know about you I'd love to just get you to introduce yourself a little bit and especially where you came from and how you started in this whole raw food journey. Okay. Well, um, I started out in um, a family that was very spiritually oriented. My mom was an artist. My dad is a musician. They were reading this wonderful book called The Arantia Book, and we had lots of people coming and going, and I grew up very interested in, you know, this spirituality stuff, and uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of focus on the afterlife and you know, what happens after this world. Everyone was kind of fascinated with that part of the book. And so mm-hmm. it, I think I I kind of got maybe overly spiritually focused and sort of felt by the time I reached my teens that the whole physical material reality was just not as important. And so I didn't end up um, really taking care of my health or, you know, financial matters, physical kind of reality. Mm-hmm. It seemed like superficial somehow to me and I, I'm so grateful now that you know the whole spirituality has evolved and people people are more conscious that you know this is also a very important part of what's happening mm-hmm. I mean this is where we are now and um, to really be spiritual you have to really be here on this plane and fully appreciate it spiritual or religious whatever you know angle you take on that or even mm-hmm. to just live fully you have to really kind of um, you know be here now mm-hmm. and so my health started to suffer in my, in my, like by the time I was 25, it became my primary concern because I had a lump under my arm, but was, grew up kind of paranoid of doctors because my dad's daughter from a previous marriage had died having her tonsils and adenoids out. So oh we were, yeah, we were never taken to doctors as kids and kind of, you know, I mean, unless it was a serious emergency, but fortunately we didn't have, mm-hmm. um, 
they would have taken us. But um, so I had this lump under my arm about the size of an egg um, and never got it diagnosed. But I knew I had to start taking care of my health. There were lots of other things going on, candida, acne. I didn't know at the time it was candida, but I know from all the symptoms now. Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, chronic fatigue, bloating and um, depression, you know, mood stuff. So um I, I wrote down, you know, this little thing, um, kind of a contract with myself saying I was going to um, really focus on my health. And then I met Storm two weeks later. He, mm. I'd already known him. He was an acquaintance from school, from uh, college. But we ran into each other again and started seeing each other. And I um, started started eating the way he did and mm -hmm. didn't realize it wasn't, you know, called anything back then. This was uh, 20 years ago mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, was very casual and just eating a lot healthier and, um, you know, I was eating raw kind of within a couple months of being, you know, with him um, and really saw some amazing changes really quickly. Um, I lost a ton of weight and um, I was about 45 pounds, went down to, from 45 pounds overweight to my ideal weight. Wow. And, yeah, within just a few months. And um, that lump went away. I don't know how long it took because I, I don't remember, but it could have been a few, you know, maybe anywhere from a few months, three to six months, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, the acne cleared up really quickly, just, you know, within a month. Mm -hmm. um, and I had very severe acne and it was just all gone. I came from a total sad diet to a total raw diet, so mm -hmm. um, it was a, a rapid transition, and I, everything was very noticeable. I mean, feeling different, you know, things looking different, experiencing being comfortable in my body, and really um, being able to do more athletic things mm -hmm. in a more athletic way than I had ever really before. So, and what a perfect um, mentor! Talk about storm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to. Um, Storm, my husband, um, has been raw for 40 years. He's 63 years old. And um, he looks amazing. Yeah, he really does. He <laughs> just People think he's in his 40s. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe he's older than his 40s to look at him. Um, he's... Um, all, he fought the sort of skinny raw man look for many years. He was, you know, this stick man like so many guys. Athletes go down, you know, to nothing on, on raw food. Mm -hmm. They seem to need more calories. For women, it's, it's great, you know, but um, a lot of men struggle with it. So he finally fa found a way to put on um, weight as a raw foodist and has bulked up. And, you know, he looks a little, little bit like a bodybuilder. I mean, he's got like uh, lean muscle, but definitely somewhere in between lean muscle and bodybuilder type mm, muscle. He's got that <laughs> nice, nice balance of like looking fit, but just that right, that nice sweet spot. Exactly. Yeah. Cause yeah, as women, I don't think we really like that overly muscular look either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Lean muscle is great too, but he's, he likes to bulk up a little bit more, I guess, coming from Detroit, growing up with that kind of ideal of you want to look like you just got out of jail, you know, <laughs> He finally has his ideal body. He's very happy with, with his, mm -hmm. you know, how he's smelling. So, Wow. Yeah. And then, so I guess that was talking a little bit about the early years and then enter five children. Yeah. <laughs> five children who were raised raw. Um, ages now five, five-year-old Yarrow, eight, 
Uh, my son Adagio is eight. My daughter Shale is twelve. Uh, my son Joe is sixteen, and my daughter Raven is nineteen. Wow, wow. Yeah, it was scary, you know, um, raising kids raw, and there wasn't really anyone doing it. And the few people that you heard of popped up in the news, you know, saying they got their kids taken away. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very frightening. Um, and you know, also personally, personal responsibility for these little children. Going well, I know I'm thriving on it, and Storm's obviously thriving on it for you know years, decades now. And how um, will it affect? How will it work for children, though? You know, they have to grow bodies, not just sustain a body. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a whole different thing. So we just, I thought I'd give it a try, and you know, take them for checkups, make sure they have all their nutrient levels and they're developing okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, every once in a while, if we notice one is looking a little skinny or not or showing any signs of like, you know, not having enough energy or, um, you know, there were never any really serious signs. But if even, you know, you watch very carefully as a mother for, you know, you can sense if your child is deficient in something, I think. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to focus on feeding a little more to this child or, you know, maybe getting some, finding a way to get some greens into this one because her little dark circles under her eyes are starting to come out or something. Mm-hmm. So... It's adjusting, you know, really paying attention, really adjusting and trying new things. And um, it's expensive, unfortunately, raising the <laughs> kids on an organic raw food diet. That's yes. been a huge challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the reasons I don't, you know, focus more on like family menu plans and things like that. I feel like it's such a hard thing to do as a family uh, financially. Um, I almost don't know yet how to make it doable in a way I can fully share with with others um, I know because because I don't have any children but I know one thing that I got into over the past couple years partially because I was finding that where is all this money going you know you get income yeah. coming in and then it's like where did it go but even with just two two of us you know switching from a, a basically standard American vegetarian diet to like raw a raw diet was pretty much a, a double in our grocery bill so I can't even imagine adding five other little people to that too but um do you have you explored much with like growing any of your own fruits and vegetables to kind of try to offset that or is that I don't know how how much of an urban life you lead either so have you has that been something that was a possibility we have had gardens. We don't have one right now, but that's something that definitely helps a lot, you know. Um, buying in bulk, of course, helps a lot. Um, farmers markets, developing relationships with the farmers, going to their farms and getting crates of their seconds, which are ones that aren't quite good enough to sell to market. But, mm-hmm. you know, often it's just a cosmetic thing and they're just as good, if not better, sometimes with certain fruits. Um so there's a lot of ways um, to to get that down, like going by farm stands at closing time and seeing, you know, what they're th- get asking if you can go through with the stuff that they're about to throw away at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah, there's ways, you know, you, where there's a will, there's a way. You make a decision that you're going to do it, and and the way ha- happens, you mm-hmm. know. So putting the financial situation aside, situation two, I would assume, would be getting children especially maybe it would be easier if you start from a really young age but what are some tips or tricks that you can share with us about trying to encourage kids to eat raw or to eat more raw if they're you know in a more standard american diet family oh that's a great question and you're so right if you start them out raw um 
they never develop those addictions that make it so difficult for kids to transition to a raw diet later. Mm-hmm. My younger ones, who my three younger ones who have never had cooked food, don't have any problem with being around cooked food and not being tempted at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the really young ones are they don't even recognize a lot of cooked food items as food or they think that cooked food smells disgusting. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's weird. Some of the smells that I find really delicious to them are actually disgusting. Like they really <laughs> don't like them. And I'm like, really? Really? Like, no, can we go? It's <laughs> like what you're adapted to. Mm-hmm. But my old two who were vegan for two years when they were younger um, were, uh, they they have, well, not the, not the 16-year-old. I was going to say, I don't think he struggles with it at all for some reason. He's he's very into being raw. Uh, but my oldest one, 19, who's 19, she's gone off the raw diet now. And mm-hmm. she, um, you know, was craving cooked foods from, um, you know, many years while she was raw too. And so, you know, we'd let her have them out of the house. Um, and then now she's out and about and eating eating a cooked diet. So mm-hmm. starting them off raw is the easiest way if you want to have raw kids. But if you haven't, you know, if you have kids now and you want to transition them to raw, um, I think there are some ways to make it easier. For one thing, I think kids love anything that they participate in, that they've invested mm-hmm. their own energy in, right? So mm-hmm. if you can get them helping you to prepare the foods, chopping the vegetables, there's this one mom is kind of a block parent and she's raw and all the kids in the neighborhood are there. They're all chopping up stuff, all the vegetables. And then they have this kind of buffet salad style thing, mm-hmm. um, buffet style salad. And everyone's putting in the vegetables that they want to, and they've all chopped it together. So it's really, she makes it really fun, you know? And so all the kids are eating these salads that they've helped prepare, that they get to help decide what they're putting in. So mm-hmm. they're investing their own energy in it. So giving them a choice, uh, letting them be part of the process, Taking them to raw events so they can, you know, pick up on some of the philosophies from other people other than you so they know it's mm-hmm. not just you who's crazy. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people out here and there's a lot of different ways of presenting it that they're going to hear and get exposed to. And they'll, that's what happened to my 16-year-old who's, who's really into it. He came up at, you know, several events like this and at an early age and I could see him taking it in and he's ready to go and teach it to other people you know Mm -hmm. yes to know that it's not just like crazy mom and dad that there it's really you know how sometimes (laughs) when your mom and dad suggest it it sounds like it makes you want to roll your eyes but when someone else is doing it 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 seems a little more exciting when it's it's not mom and dad it's so true (laughs) that is so true so that's really you wouldn't think that that would be such a defining thing but that really really I think was a big part of what helped some of my kids stay Mm -hmm. and understand and why we're doing and stay raw and then as far as investing your energy in it nothing is better than gardening if you have any opportunity to get your kids growing anything whether it's in a planter in your house where they can plant a a seed for an herb and watch that grow Mm -hmm. or sprouting even sprout watching sprouts grow kids find that so exciting and if you can get them with their hands in the earth in the garden planting a row of lettuce or sunflowers or something my daughter raven the first time um she planted a sunflower seed it was a row of sunflower seeds in our garden in canada and um a couple i don't know six weeks later however long it takes these things to grow she ran into the house screaming at the top of her lungs i was scared i thought she had broken a bone i, I <laughs> I came running out like, what's wrong? Uh-huh. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so then she dragged me outside and showed me the little sprout that had uh-huh. sprouted above the soil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time she made something grow. And mm-hmm. it was so exciting. Uh-huh. And then if they can actually eat what they've 
planted. I mean, plus stuff tastes so much better when it's fresh picked from the garden. A lot of kids think they don't like vegetables, but if they'd ever had that vegetable freshly picked out of the garden, it would be a whole different experience mm-hmm. and they would love it, mm-hmm. especially if they planted it. So, um, yeah, those are some of the best ones. There's those, a lot of other little tricks, but yeah. Those are great, great tips. Um, one thing just before I, cause I knew we were going to chat and I was getting even more in depth into the world of Jinji. And one thing that I, I read and, um, well, maybe I'll preface it by just saying that the main thing that I do is I enjoy creating simple recipes that are, don't use too many ingredients, but that still taste very exciting. And one thing I did read and I don't know, um, what because I know you guys like to eat quite simply as well in the sense of not eating a lot of superfoods or complicated things it's mostly just fruits right. vegetables nuts and seeds so um I would just was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and because I know that in this whole raw food world some people include more things like for me for example I use coconut oil and things like that and I'm just wondering whether you guys mix because I'm kind of assuming that you're not using a lot of those other ingredients and if you're not what are some of your exciting foods that you still get excited about um but that are maybe more simpler than some of the other recipes did that make sense yeah yeah and that's such a broad topic and there's so much to speak on so um I was thrilled to see on your website, you know, that you, you really keep things simple um, a lot of the time in your recipes. It's hard to find people who are exactly like-minded in the raw movement. It's funny because there's, you know, it's a very small movement and yet every single person in it is going to eat slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I mean, we can battle about it amongst ourselves. Oh, this isn't healthy. Yeah, it's healthy. Yeah. Not healthy, but different bodies react differently to different things. I've realized mm-hmm. over time. I used to be very little more vigilant about my particular views because they work so well for me. Until I realized everyone's kind of like that because mm-hmm. it's working so well for them. And you know, you have to really kind of fine tune and tailor till you find the raw diet that works for you. No, two, no two cooked foods diets are like either. Mm-hmm. People find the things that they like, the things that they feel good on. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not maybe as tuned into it as we are because mm-hmm. of all the toxins in the system. But yeah, so I think it's different. So what would be an example of, say, one of your children's favorite raw desserts or f- kind of like favorite raw foods or mm. yours too? Okay. Oh my gosh. We have some staples. That's for sure. I would say our most frequently eaten recipe is kale salad. Mm. And what it is, is you just wash and sometimes you have to wash and wash and wash because there's aphids on it sometimes you just have to you know rinse it shake it around in a bag rinse it like put it in the colander and and, or the strainer and just put a strong you know spray and spray it and Mm -hmm. move it around so it takes sometimes rinsing is like a a big job but anyway (laughs) lately then you find times of the year where there's no aphids on the kale so you don't have to do as much of the rinse but anyway um so you chop up, you, we take the stems off the kale and we chop it up in little, like maybe kale chip size pieces, um, mm-hmm. a little bit smaller, um, bite size pieces. And we'll like use, for our family, we'll like use four to six bunches of, of kale, what they call black kale or dino kale. Yeah. Yeah. Kids like that name, by the way, dino kale. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we, it's very simple. We blend up um, like a, a what is it, those bags of cashews? What is it, about 12 ounces or something they put in those? Um, it, it's about, comes out to about, like, I think, 
a cup or two of cashews in, okay. in the Vitamix. Mm -hmm. If you blend those up in the Vitamix without soaking them first, um, they, they blend into a powder that you can do so many things with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we use this as a topping on the kale salad. Mm. So we top it with this cashew and it kind of clumps up and it makes the, the salad really cheesy. Uh, so we call it cheesy kale salad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then really, I think, I think I'm not sure if it's about olive oil on. I think it does. Olive oil and salt maybe first before we put the cashews on it. It puts the olive oil on. Mm -hmm. Then the cashew powder. And then, you know, we just salt it uh, to taste. It's that, that simple. I mean, it's it's really like three ingredients. That's, two that's ingredients. really good. I, I'm actually really cool. loving that idea of using that, just the cashew. I can totally envision what that would be like and just almost like a parmesan cheese kind of feeling yes very much so yeah that, much. that sounds good and what about desserts i think i read somewhere apple pie a la mode uh -huh. yeah that would, can you talk about that one yeah i actually have a video for that i'll put a link on your page um but basically um we grind up um almonds similarly to how we did the cashews just grind up some almonds in the Vitamix into like a flour okay. um, a powder and then put that in the food processor <clears throat> and then um, add dates and honey um, now some people will use agave or stevia instead if they mm -hmm. prefer um, and that is a very simple crust it's basically almonds and dates and honey mm -hmm. A storm will always add a little olive oil and salt to everything, but I, I wouldn't. You know, it's different. And women eat differently, but anyway. And, and it's good because the kids need to eat more like him, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, more protein uh, always. So, um, and more fat, but yeah. So that's your crust. And then we just blend up some apples and with some honey for like the filling part of the apple. Yeah. And then cut up some apples, slice them up, you know, really nice, maybe peel and slice mm -hmm. uh, and then decorate the top of it with that and so it's very super simple and maybe you add some cinnamon nutmeg allspice some mm -hmm. nice apple pie seasonings to the um to the mixture of the blended apples yeah that super sounds... simple I love it yes that sounds totally delicious and like like your recipes like five ten minutes you know 15 minutes to make mm -hmm. to the recipes yeah mm -hmm. wow so so we've talked a little bit about your past and how you how you got here. Now I know you have a whole variety of stuff going on online, which is awesome. I mentioned your your video um, breakthrough. I know you have is your main website the Garden Diet, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about some of the services that you offer. I know you do meal plans and have some lots of eBooks and stuff like that. I'd love to hear about what you and Storm are doing today in the raw food space. Right on. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, our main website is thegardendiet.com. Mm -hmm. And there you can see everything that we do, most everything. Um, I have a daily raw inspiration newsletter that goes out to 24,000 readers. And oh. so that's my creative expression in the world right now. And I, I love it. I've, I am a writer. I think that's my main gift, although I did, you know, try to be a musician for many years, which mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> there, um, it's, it's, I have to interject and say, oh, the beautiful thing about life is that we don't have to just be one thing. Keep going. <laughs> no, I love that. You're so right, especially these days. It's mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. I'm, I really am enjoying exploring different careers, you know, and, and just falling into this. Like I never planned uh, growing up, you know, it was never on my list to be a raw food guru or do anything <laughs> in the health world. Mm -hmm. um, writer, yes, that was there and, and helping people and 
um, doing something to help the planet and ease suffering. That was something that I had at a very young age. I just recently remembered that was something I was, I was just so horrified by, like, if you see dolphins on the commercial being caught in a net or mm. soldiers in the war worrying about them. My mom would say I would stay up and worry about, you know, I just I really wanted to help people. So that, I guess I, you know, everyone falls into what they're destined to do, I guess, eventually. Mm-hmm. You just... So, um yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So I think, cause I, I'm loving, I was totally nodding my head when you were saying all those things about helping people and writing. And that's very similar to me in that I think it, it sounds kind of like you fell into raw food. And then when you have all these amazing benefits, like I know you told us about earlier, it, it's really irresistible thing that you want when you see other people suffering, you want to help them too and help to introduce them and share what you know. And I really think that that's a big part of, of what you're doing is, is helping people, um, you know, find out the secret that we found out, I would say. Well, I love that you said that because I feel like everyone who does it and feels the call to help people, you know, should be out there doing it. There's no shortage of people working in the raw movement but there is because there's seven billion people to reach with this message and everyone does it in a different way Mm -hmm. for instance i know you've got a raw menu plan on your site i've got raw menu plans on my site Mm -hmm. and i hope that people will try all and every one of them out there because you're going to learn something from each one you're going to grab a couple recipes from this one a couple recipes from that one you're going to come up with your own menu plan eventually that really works for you so i think by following different people's systems you can really find your own so um, yeah. And, and I completely agree. Cause I think it's really funny that, um, I have a certain sort of palate that some things that taste good to me, like my husband is not necessarily 100% raw, but he's definitely vegan, but we almost everything that I make, he is, especially the savory stuff. He's like, that looks gross or, or he doesn't, it may look gross, but the way I flavor it is not to his taste but and then when he makes something that might be raw and he's like oh taste this cauliflower salad I'm like this is so boring like I can't eat that <laughs> and so even though we're eating very similarly it's there's a lot of subtleties and sometimes I find um it's just like you what you were saying with the sad world like it, there's certain people that might flavor things in a certain way so I think we all have our own little flair or the, the foods that are even, you know, more available in our area. So I think it's really good to explore all these different options and then get in the groove of wherever it fits. So true. And yeah, and the more you explore, the more you find what what you like. And, you know, the whole man-woman difference thing. And even I remember my parents growing up, you know, my dad was the cook in the house, but my mom was always like eating his stuff, but she wouldn't make her feel quite right. She preferred it when she actually got to make her own food. And Oh, that's lighter. That's better, you know. And I mm-hmm. kind of have the same thing going. Like Storm's the chef; he's the great chef. But if I was cooking for myself or I'm cooking for myself, I would I would do it very differently. Um, you know, I'd be eating much lighter, much more just like green juices, green smoothies, maybe a salad now and then. Mm-hmm. It'd be cheaper too. But you know, them need Storm needing nuts every day, and the kids needing you know they got to get their protein. So mm-hmm. nuts, garbanzo beans, soaked garbanzo beans, and nuts are the main sources of protein and seeds, of course. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's, it's and then I like what you said about palate you know I mean you have to get to know your own palate and raw foods really allows you to do that your taste buds become so sensitive and your Mm -hmm. body becomes so sensitive you feel like when you eat something right away you feel oh that feels I feel great Mm -hmm. I feel so 
balanced or just like it's almost like a high. You feel these different sort of highs, you know, <laughs> and and then some things are like, oh no, that didn't sit well at all, or mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, you really get sensitive and you can really fine tune stuff. So yeah, I guess ideally we we could all make our own food all the time, but then you just have to adjust to the. You find things that you all like, like that's why some recipes in our house become staples that we have maybe two three times a week because there are a handful of recipes that everybody loves, mm-hmm. you know. So those are the ones we end up eating. <laughs> it's so true. Same with us. There's a few shared shared ones. And the desserts are always a, a hit with everybody. Oh, your desserts look delicious. They look amazing. I'm going to try your carrot cake, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, I find that I I definitely have a sweet tooth, so I have a lot more dessert recipes than savory. But I'm, I'm working on that. And I, I think one of the things with me that I've really enjoyed doing lately is when... And it's easier because I don't really have anyone else to please like like little ones in the house but it's just when I find something I tend to really enjoy eating it again and again it like even for like lunch and dinner and lunch and dinner and lunch and dinner (laughs) and it's I I think that's been something that is helpful for me and even for people getting started too because it can be overwhelming to kind of come home at the end of the day and wonder oh what should I make now yeah, but I'm kind of, I'm babbling. And what I really wanted to bring it back to was, so if people want to find out more about you and find out more about your meal pan, plans and see pictures of beautiful Gingy and her fabulously wonderful five children, the best place to find you. And I know you have um, a plan starting in May. Maybe you could talk a bit about those things. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. And on May 6th, we're starting our next 21 day raw cleanse. Mm-hmm. And um, so people can find out about that at thegardendiet.com or go straight to the page at 21daysraw.com. And our menu plan, like I noticed, I like your angle that you just have, like, it's real simple. It's just the menu plan. And that's a nice focus because there are so many plans out there. You have to find something to differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. And and the way we did is we kind of went the opposite way and it's it's everything in the kitchen sink. Basically, it's like a complete program with a menu plan, an mm-hmm. exercise program, mm-hmm. and the inner work program because I found that was the missing link for me in being able to maintain 100% raw and, and be happy with my relationship with food was I, um, I had to deal with the inner stuff, you know, the emotional eating and my happiness, you know, just you really it takes work to stay happy i found for me anyway in my life and a lot of other people seem to be in that boat where it's not always a, a natural thing you know you have to kind of work at it and then by keeping your energy up and staying happy it's easier to eat right and to take care of yourself that kind of stuff just naturally happens but if you're not it's very hard to stay any kind of a course you know to stay the path in a healthy lifestyle when there's these emotional ups and downs that'll affect your decisions. So we really do focus on, um, on the inner work too. So it's like three programs in one. There's the menu plan and the exercise plan and the inner, inner work. So I love that. And I think that comes really nicely full, full circle to what you were talking about at the beginning about maybe when you were growing up, it was really focused on spirituality, but you knew that it had to be a little bit more holistic. Like you have to take care of yourself now and I think that's just a, a, a nice thread running through some sort of like in my life right now, too, is that um, and the piece that I'm missing, I have to say, is exercise. So I might have to check out your program. But I know that, you know, it really these things lead to each other, like especially once you can get that that inner work feeling good, then it allows you to feel whatever that you need, the confidence or the 
I don't know what the right word is to be able to say, okay, now I'm going to, I'm now I can eat right. And maybe now that you're, you're eating right and you feel happy, then you think, Hey, I feel like I'd like to, you know, get outside and move my body a little bit. And they're all interconnected. And I think that I really like that concept of, you know, integrating them all. And I think that's, that's really great. Oh, I love how you wrap that up. And that's very insightful. I hadn't thought of that. But it is like full circle, you know, starting out kind of in a spiritual household and ending up now, my favorite part of doing the rock lenses and teaching uh, the raw programs is, is the motivational, inspirational writing, you know, and the inner work stuff. Um, yeah. And you're right. It's like once you get your energy up to a certain point and, and you'd really deal with um, deal with your emotions like you, you look at them, you, you acknowledge them, you know, run from them or hide for them from them with food but once you really learn to do that and it takes time it's not as easy as it sounds mm-hmm. when you have a lifetime habit of you know doing that without realizing it you know <laughs> going to food to nurture emotional needs once you learn how to nurture emotional needs inwardly you can go inside to you know um kind of connect with yourself and your emotions and you don't need to to reach out for food, you know, um, mm-hmm. to nurture yourself. I mean, you, you eat for nutrition and pleasure and it's, and, and, you know, just to live, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you don't, you're not looking, um, externally for stuff that should be internal, you know, your comfort, your soothing, your nurturing, all the things we need, uh, we have emotional needs and, you know, if we have to learn how to meet them ourselves or find support, you know, to, to meet them. And that's, that's a whole, um, it's the whole thing we're not really taught in this world that's really missing, glaringly missing from the education. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so true. And I didn't even, I mean, I'm trying to wrap it up, but are you homeschooling some children, all children? Did I make that up? Did I read that somewhere? Oh, no, I'm homeschooling all of them. They've all oh, been unschooled since birth. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I've actually found out that what I'm doing is called unschooling, although I didn't really realize that. <laughs> it homeschooling without me having any time to homeschool. <laughs> Fortunately, my eldest would just, you know, come up to me while I was working and say, how do you write dog? You know, I mean, she just like <laughs> get information from me and she figured out so much stuff by herself. She's so brilliant. And she was able to teach herself how to read and write. And she started creating books and writing and illustrating them. And she, she's gone on to do masses of things, very creative, very prolific, like her father in a creative, in the creative world with mm-hmm. um, arts and crafts and fine art and all kinds of things. And now she's building websites for people. And so she's doing great. Wow. Um, yeah. My, uh, my others, you know, they complain a little bit that they're behind in ap- academics, the older two. Um, they would like to have gotten a bit more of that. And now, and I said, well, just open a book and learn what you want to, you know, mm-hmm. I make all the books available that they need. And of course there's a ton of stuff online, but they said, no, we really needed the discipline and you needed to make us do it. And we don't want to do it now. And You know, kids, I think some kids are always going to complain no matter what. But. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and then, I mean, every, there's pro, this is such an obvious statement, but there's pros and cons to everything that there certainly would be some things that would have been easier or different, but then they would have missed out on so much. And it's easy for kids to criticize. I'm still criticizing my parents and I'm in my thirties, so it doesn't go away, but I think that's amazing. And and I think you're doing amazing things. And I'm just really honored that you came on the raw food podcast today and really encourage all of you to go check out the garden diet.com and Gingy, I won't keep you because I know you've got a lot of things on the go. And just thank you so much. Thank you, Laura Jane. I really enjoyed talking with you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Bye.
listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Raw Tarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste amazing. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. And once you've signed up for that, you'll automatically get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan Alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.